Say hey, y'all. It's Amber Sheree. It's And it's the Inner Circle Podcast. Circle Podcast. Hey, y'all. It's Amber Sheree. And Taylor Breeze here. And it's the Inner Circle Podcast. Welcome back, you guys, to another week. Or another two weeks, I guess. Another week of, (laughs) yeah, us recording. (laughs) Another podcast, another show that you are hearing in your ears, indeed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So for those, before we get kicked off, for those that, are new to the podcast um pretty much what we do here is we just talk about just different topics that are on our each other's minds it can be hot topics that are going on in culture or news or it can just be random things that taylor and i are talking about and like for this podcast this week, um, for some reason, I feel like Taylor and I have been in the space of like professional development and personal growth over these last like really almost if you think about it, the last two seasons, really. That's really our entire podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I approach it with anyways. Yeah. So mm-hmm. today is is going to be kind of like a resource maybe or uh, maybe not even a resource, more of a reflection of uh relationships in front in the workplace but then also like like your own personal life trying to uh reflect on that. So anyways, so Taylor, how was your week? My week, um, since the last time we recorded, I'm a year older. Yeah, happy um, birthday. Thank you. So, you know, I'm now a quarter of a century old, which, you know, is really not that long. Like, if you think about $100 in today's day and age, like, yes, that's a good amount of money. But, like, at the same time, it's not that much. And then if you think about 25 it's really not much. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I kind of am grappling with my youth. I'm just kidding. Um, I, <laughs> I am, I'm good. I felt very loved and, you know, you were there and we got to spend the pretty much the most of the weekend together being that I spent the night Friday night, even though we didn't really hang out that much, but, um, I got to hang out with junior and we played Candyland, which was really fun. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And like you said, like, you know, his losing thing, he got better. Like he lost every time he played with me because, you know, that's how we grew up. So (laughs) anyway, so that was my weekend. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Better. Um, Side note, Junior does win sometimes when we play. Yeah. But then when he does lose, it's like all hell breaks loose. And I'm like, I'm not playing with you anymore because you can't control your emotions. I mean, what three-year-old can control their emotions, but he's controlling them with me. He was smiling and he's like, one more time. I was like, no. Like um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I am I'm good. I'm just glad to pretty much be done with the busy season on the most part I mean now it's like the debrief of busy season and what happened and how how do where do we go from here and so um it's always going to be constantly busy but I'm I'm glad that the the busier part is pretty much completed so now I'm just trying to restore my life look around my house of all the house projects that I haven't been able to do all of the life stuff that me and my husband have been working on and I haven't been able to accomplish yet. And sleep. I took a half day today. And um, I'm taking some time off at the end of the week. So I'm really trying to capitalize on all of those uh, vacation days this year. My goal is to not leave any on the table and I have over 200 hours to get through so I just need to like be strategic about it but um, about five weeks of vacation yeah yeah um some of it rolled over from last year um 
And then we get two weeks automatically for like one for winter, one for summer. So I'm just like, I need to really be taking off like a day or so, like every week for the rest of the year. Um, so really only be like working 10 months out of the year. Once yeah. you add it all up. If, if I utilize it, most of America, they don't even use their vacation days. And it kind of goes to the topic we were talking about. We're going to be talking about today mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. But um, I'm determined this year because I just, I'm not, I really don't want to continue to be in a season of uh, borderline burnt out. And I'm just, I, I pay for, you know, I get paid to take this time off and then I don't take it off. And the companies, you know, they get, they don't necessarily get that time, like that money back as far as like, um, what is it called? Like the money back as far as like them paying it out, but they get like over, if I take my like total times that I've worked, all the hours that I work and by my salary, I'm getting probably paid like, a, I mean, by hourly, the hours that I actually work, like I'm losing money on myself. Like I'm degrading my, my hourly rate. So I'm just trying to be more mindful, mindful about my value to myself, to my company, and then to my family. So I'm just trying to trying to take what was owed to me what I earned yes (laughs) what they have given you graciously yeah but anyways I can go on a soapbox here and I'm like sleep deprived so you guys bear with me if I like say something stupid so (laughs) platform we get to say what we want (laughs) yeah Uh, but anyways so guys we're gonna go ahead and get this party started because I'm excited for this topic today. So Taylor, what is the word of the week? So on brand of what you were just saying, um, the word of the week is exhaustion. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I feel exhausted. Um, And to define such word is a state of extreme physical or mental fatigue Mm. um so feeling overtired with low energy and a strong desire to sleep that interferes with normal daily activities that is me um I have been working on something that really shouldn't be taking me this long but words aren't even making sense I don't even know what I'm typing so anyways (laughs) long story short um I am just I am exhausted. I've been talking to a lot of people who are exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I know like we don't stars and moons too much on this platform, but I just <laughs> wonder what transition is going on right now where we're all just like, what's going on? Who am I? Where am I? <laughs> like I've just talked to so many different people and I I definitely have seen a trend. So Maybe it's just that time of the year. I said it's the winter blues, but the spring is around the corner. So um, I think it's going to be early spring. Um, I don't want to jinx it, but and I don't know what happened on Groundhog's Day, but I'm feeling it. So anyways, word of the week, exhaustion. As you see, that was my tangent. (laughs) (laughs) Remember when that used to be a thing with Groundhog's Day? It used to be like national news I mean it was but it used to be even like apple like news like alert I don't recall getting one of those no yeah I did hear about it um I think it I can't remember I can't remember where but yeah you're right it has kind of declined in it's like (laughs) popularity I guess yeah, I remember uh, like being in grade school and that used to be like the thing like, oh, my God, did you see a shadow? Blah, blah, blah. Um, but anyways, so thank you for the word of the week. Yes. I definitely am feeling that word like literally, <laughs> but it is all good. Um, so he saw his shadow, which. Okay. I think that means spring is early. 
No, don't rush to start planting those fields for the groundhog. Predicts snow and frost to continue well into spring this year. Oh, great. So it's the opposite. Well, I mean, that would explain some of the weather that we've been getting. It is. I think it's going to be drawn out. Yeah. But it's also been like 70. So, but, you know, Indiana is really weird. It goes Mm -hmm. 70 and then snows the next day. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Um. (laughs) (laughs) please get us away from this uh ended to our topic yeah (laughs) i'm just grateful for the sun just keep i don't care what it feels like outside as long as the sun is still like spending a little bit more time uh throughout the day i am uh i'm good that's why i appreciate so all right you guys so Taylor and I were talking about just a couple of different topics and um, you guys know that I listen to a million and one podcasts, but lately I've been listening to more podcasts related to like personal growth. So that's probably why we have so many, I mean, between Taylor and I and our experiences, I think that's probably why (laughs) this, uh, these last couple episodes have been around like growth and careers and stuff like that. So season we're in. Mm-hmm. So the topic that we're gonna talk about is the value of being invaluable. Ooh. In this particular <laughs> in this particular episode <laughs> is more around work. I don't know what that like bust of burst of like whatever just came out of your mouth was. I was like ooh ooh ooh, and then I started yawning in the middle, and so uh, yeah. Anyways, wow. <laughs> um so the the particular podcast is through the wall street journal and it was more focused on around work Mm -hmm. um but taylor and i want to talk about the work aspect but then we also want to talk about like our personal life um around it and so just to give you guys uh a level set or kind of what the lady in the podcast was talking about the difference between being indispensable and being invaluable. And so in the workplace, like cater it towards the workplace and then we'll like cater it towards our personal life. Um, Being indispensable is more around like you hold the keys to the kingdom. Um, Things cannot run without you, which leads to like being overworked, leads to being burnt out. Um, Also, if you are in this particular position that it's hard for you to grow and move on with your like career um because like if one there's nobody behind you that's able to pick up your work so that you can move on so the bench is weak um but then also too like you're so valuable and the position that you're in right now, no one wants you to leave that position because you do it so well. And so I don't know if you guys have ever heard uh, that feedback or have seen someone that kind of gets pigeonholed. But being invaluable um, is you're able to learn like in your particular company or business and that the company doesn't want to lose you. Um, you have a lot of headroom, which means you're pretty dynamic. You can kind of be in wherever they put you. You're good for their environment. Um, well, you being invaluable means that you, no matter what the environment is, you'll be able to kind of move around because they find value in you as a team player, but not necessarily the work that you're doing. Also, the work that you're doing has impact and it's meaningful. Um, And then that uh, you will do whatever is needed to be done. They can kind of slide you in wherever and you can be pretty um, successful. So that was kind of her feedback. So Taylor, I know you listened to the podcast. So what was your take on it? So a little bit about Liz Wiseman. Um, She is a... Um, a leadership expert and so when she first started out and realized this lesson she started telling her story from her view as I don't know exactly what her role was initially but working for Oracle in their early days and um, through that shift 
in what Oracle has became today, um, she found that her role of, you know, being able to do all the tasks and now the organization was being reorganized, now she needed to figure out another role. And they they did see her as, you know, indispensable, but she then realized that what she had to bring to the company um, in a different way rather than being like a workhorse was that she could be invaluable by doing what the company needed her to do. So she kind of talked about to me a takeaway was a um a passion like there has to be some type of trade-off between what you're passionate about and what the company needs and so you could say that I'm passionate about making sure you know every patient that we treat is treated fairly but and I mean, that is generally speaking what a company needs, but then the company could come back to you and say, okay, well, to do this job, we need someone who is able to take survey of how the patients feel that their outcomes were. And maybe you don't want to do patient surveys for outcomes, but that's what is needed for the mission of the company. Um, and so it's not you're doing the patient surveys and overseeing all these things, which, you know, a leader does do. Um, but as you work your way up through the ranks to get to those levels, um, being invaluable in a way where you can utilize the skills that you have to meet the needs of the company. And so I thought that was a really valuable takeaway that I gleaned from it because I think a lot of the times as we like, you know, piggybacking off of our conversation from last week about being a lifelong learner, a lot of the times we think that what we're taught in school directly translate into how to show up in a job um, and rarely ever is that the case the only time that that's even kind of remotely the case is for like professional degrees such as like a doctor or um, you know a lawyer or something like that but being that most of our degrees are not like you get this certification along with this you know specific profession that means that you're going to be working for a lot of different um, organizations that may have different bottom lines and that translates into being an individual that's adaptable because that's also what she said was something that was really important in making yourself invaluable it's not getting stuck in one position and doing all the things it's being adaptable and so um I really enjoyed the perspective of like making sure your work gets done. Yes, you do need to be good at what you do. But at the same time, showing up differently than how you think you need to be. Because she's over here saying, you know, I think people really just need training. And then the boss is there like, well, your boss doesn't want to like retrain everyone. <laughs> what we need is for everyone to like, whatever the, the task may be, and then not stepping over your boss in a way but like making your boss look good because then they'll be more likely to talk about you in the rooms that really matter because when you're doing indispensable work, they may not talk about what you do. And then when it comes to reorganization of companies, there's a lot of people who get let go. And if the top doesn't see how valuable the work you're doing is, you're likely to be you know, let go. Um, and I think that was everything that I've really taken away from the talk, um, just like in a quick synopsis. <laughs> um, but I guess to you, Amber, like, do you feel like her points are valid? Or do you agree with her, her viewpoints? And, you know, how do you see that as a like rising professional? 
Um, I definitely think that her points were right on. For me, I have been in a lot of different companies with a lot of different positions, big and small in size. And I definitely have seen a person doing a position, the same position for 10 years, which to me, I feel like unless that person absolutely does not want to like move on and, you know, go through the rankings, I um, feel like it's kind of unfair. And so I think that my advice for anyone that is kind of stuck is that you need to figure out how to get unstuck, whether that is you actually move and leave the company or you really put in different types of work in order to show your face around the company. Um, And uh, I definitely feel like as I've gotten through, moved on in my career, I'm finding myself being more inclined to look at my professional growth as opportunities for me to learn new things and not necessarily being an expert in every single little thing that I have. I feel like I'm creating my own apprenticeship by trying to put myself in, put my one network and then also build value in the position that I'm currently in, but then also making it known to my management that, hey, my goal is to do this for a certain period of time and to take the skills and everything that I can learn from this role and translate it into helping the business in a different way in a few years. And I think that's another thing, you know, when you do feel stuck between being indispensable and being invaluable is I find that those leaders that progress and get to do a whole bunch of different roles and go abroad and take on leadership position, it's because they have a plan and they spoke up for themselves. I feel like at this point now work culture management is really pushing on the employee to kind of provide where they want to go and what they want to do instead of maybe the old school way of saying, okay, you work this job for five years and then after five years, you move up to this position. And then after 10 years, you move up to this position. Like, I feel like it's a little bit different now. And at least the company I work at currently, just because someone leaves in that position above you is uh is open, you don't automatically get it. You have to actually interview for it. You have to actually like do all the, all the things. And so I find that to be maybe valuable because I mean, it, it, to a certain extent, it might avoid bad managers getting promotions and becoming yeah. over you and yeah. maybe they're not equipped for the position, but yeah. I do think that you have to be mindful of work is more of a networking game. People are going to hire and move up people that they know and that they like and and that they, they can teach. And so yeah. you kind of have to be in these rooms and it's harder when you're in a virtual space, but you kind of have to make your presence known so that like you said, Taylor, people can be talking about you when you're not in the room. Yeah. And I think that was also something that um, Liz had talked about in the interview about, I think she said that she wasn't invited into mm-hmm. like a C-level meeting and she just showed up and yeah. was like, what are you doing here? And she was just like, oh, I just thought I could be of use. Like you didn't invite me, but I knew I had something to offer. And (laughs) people like people that are kind of ballsy. Like Mm -hmm. I know a lot of times, like (laughs) I see people in the spaces that I am. I'm like, I speak up, like I, all of my PIs or principal investigators is what that stands for. Just research mentors. Um, 
they're always like, you're not afraid to speak up. And I remember when I talked with the VP of health and like performance for um, the Sacramento Kings when I wanted to like do MBA stuff, she turned to me and I asked her if she had like any advice about, you know, being in spaces like this. Like, I don't even know who I'm talking to. Like, these are like (laughs) world leaders of like, blah, blah, blah. I don't even know who the hell is here. Like, whatever. And she, (laughs) and she was like, you're in the room. Like, you have a seat at the table. So make sure your voice is heard. Mm -hmm. And so I think from even having that, like, minute experience, Um, And through our conversation, I kind of realized like there was a lot of things that, um, you know, maybe I had a little bit more development to make before I really honed in on any career. But Mm -hmm. one thing that was true to any career that, um, you know, I, I hope to hold and that I have began to build is that like speaking up and letting people know how you think about things, whether they like it or not, at least having someone in the room who's not afraid to speak up. I can't tell you like now being in class, I know people know the answer to questions or they could just be, you know, um, shy or something, but they just won't say anything like (laughs) and they're so afraid of being wrong and it's like I know I'm not the only person in the room who knows the answer but sometimes being the only one who will speak up or not afraid to be wrong because that's also something that she mentions you're going to be wrong but like a leader is like able to say okay I'm wrong and then move on from there and learn from those mistakes like you're going to make mistakes but it's how quickly can you adapt and that's something else as a hard tip that she gave to people that like you're going to be wrong but like how quickly you adapt is something that a company really values um and and it's something that makes you invaluable and I think realizing when you're wrong is a really big sign of intelligence and maturity um which is also something that has been a a feedback of mine um which I really appreciate so long story short all of the things that she kind of mentioned I I do see running true for myself as well um and just through my experience yeah and I guess the last thing I would say for the the workplace comment is one of the things that she left as a quote was um, be on the agenda, like make sure you're on the agenda. And if you're not on the agenda, get on the agenda. So like she gave an example of a guy that um, he would send out emails and prepare all this stuff um, and no one would look at it. And he's like, man, mm-hmm. like, you know, why am I doing all this work? Like, how can I get, you know, um, some engagement? And so he changed his approach. But then also he thought about what was important to his audience and he got on the agenda. And so that's another way you can get a seat at the table or get in the room is making sure like, you know, what the people in the room care about. And if you aren't, if it is that something that they currently care about, but they should make sure that you set up a good like approach, story, everything to influence them that what you are working on or what you are trying to get as an agenda item is important. And so, but yeah, so I would say to kind of transition really quickly and then we're going to wrap up. Um when it comes to personal life, I feel like I took away a few things when it comes to how I view my relationships. Like what are some relationships that are um, a lot of work and burn me out (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that are maybe not providing a lot of value or, or not even like relationships, just stuff that I'm doing you know sometimes I think we there's a power in saying no and I was talking to um I went to a luncheon today and we were 
talking about, you know, um, joy and everything at our table and what brings us joy or what, what things do we need to do in order to gain more joy. And um, one of the guests had said um, the power of saying no, like once I learned what I did not want to do or I had said no to certain things instead of saying yes, like I had so much more peace and clarity and purpose and time. And so I think like we need to also value outside of being valued by our employer or our workspace or education or whatever. I think it's important for us to really minimalize and think about like what brings joy into our lives. And that's something that I'm going to be really focused on over the next like couple of weeks because to your point about exhaustion, like what is bringing that exhaustion? Are we doing things that are not valuable, that are not needed? Are we hanging around people that literally drain us to the core and that make us exhausted and don't have value? Um, and so that's kind of what I'm thinking about when it when I pivot this to like personal life. So yeah. what, what's your thoughts? Well, you know, I don't do too many things that I don't want to do. I mean, like, there's, like, <laughs> things that you have to do, like, you know, fold clothes. And even then, I'll procrastinate that as much as possible. Mm. But, like, <laughs> in general, with, like, you know, as you mentioned, like, relationships, I think one thing to consider um, that I am going to touch on a little bit in um, our self-care tip for the next two weeks, I guess, um, <laughs> is that sometimes those coping mechanisms that we have are necessary. It's like, but evaluating how much of your time, like you said, you spend in them is kind of one of those uh um tipping points so when I think about like indispensable versus invaluable things like yeah it's one of those things where being on Instagram all day is not helpful um it's kind of like a indispensable trait if you will but what or a I dispensable think trait because we're not depending on it well, sometimes, like, that's what I'm saying, like, it's indispensable, like, you're, you're feeding into it, and, like, um, you are, de- yeah, like, you're feeding into it, but it's not yeah. giving you anything back. Got it. And Understood. so, yeah, and yeah. so, when I think about that, like, it can be that way, but then at the same time, it can also be a tool that's kind of invaluable, like, it makes me laugh, and it's, like, the one thing that made me laugh today, you know what I mean, so, like, and that interaction is something that makes it kind of invaluable, and gives you, like, okay, a short little dopamine boost, now I can, you know, have a good night's sleep, or I can, like, you know, wind down from the day and decompress the conversations I just had, you know, so, it's all about your relationship to the things and how it then plays into the productivity and I and I carry that into phone calls and relationships a lot like sometimes I use phone calls as a crutch when I don't want to do things that I'm supposed to be doing <laughs> but I'll then keep that in mind <laughs> but at the same time because, you know, there's always something for me to be doing. It's usually mm-hmm. I'm just not doing something I'm supposed to. But anyways, um, <laughs> I I also feel like those phone calls are also invaluable in a lot of the times, too. So, like I said, it's all about the relationship and when you can do it and when you can't. And today is one of those days I just can't, you know. So, um unless you're on my car ride that's the short tried way no it's not short tried because then I will also not answer the phone call if I just don't want to talk and that's okay like Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times you know um we we feel bound to certain things and I think that having this 
mentality about what makes me invaluable in someone's life is not necessarily like always answering the phone. It's the time that we spend together being present or, you know, the conversations that we do have when we're able to have those conversations genuinely. Um, So yeah, that's, that's kind of my personal take on it. There's not too many things I do that I, I truly don't want to do. Um, even things that are not favorable to me um, are things that I know play into the bigger picture of what I want in life. <laughs> and so, um, I mean, like, who actually wants to work? Like, we just, like, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, like, you find something that you like to do or you love to do or gives you value. But, like, if you were told you'd have your life provided for you without, you know, necessarily contributing to society... I don't, I don't think that as many people would work as they do, you know, so yeah, uh, that's, that's the truth behind how I feel. Um, but yeah, so. And it also depends on what, how do you view work? Do you view it as capital or do you view it as your identity? Do you view it as like, there's so many ways that people view work, um, and how that really plays into what you value and what you don't value and how you can move in those spaces. Like if family is a value to you, then you might be in a chaotic or a busy work environment, but then you put boundaries in there. Or or you just decide, hey, this ain't for me. You know, like it can be. So um, I think ultimately the last thing I'll say is quality over quantity. I feel like that's the biggest thing, like invaluable, the way that she explained it is you are providing quality experience. You're providing quality, like, like if you're thinking about in your personal life, you're providing your quality time, your quality, whatever, versus like indispensable meaning like you're doing a lot and a lot is there you're buying a whole bunch of cheap furniture you're buying a whole bunch of cheap you know things and it's like it's working but it's like not going anywhere it's not growing it's not helping you it's just more of a placeholder you're getting nothing out of it yeah you're getting and you feel stuck you feel mm-hmm. stuck with the cheap shit in your house like <laughs> you would just put it in the trash it breaks all the time. You go back to the store and you replace it. You know, like that is just how I look at like being indispensable versus being invaluable. Like you can kind of move in multiple different spaces at work. But then if you're being the cheap furniture at, at your house, like at work, then like you're kind of just stuck there in, yeah. in the lobby until you break and they just replace you. Yeah. <laughs> like a chair. Is that what you're trying to like allude no, to? No, I'm just thinking about like just thinking about how I can think about what she's saying in multiple mm-hmm. different ways without being so literal. Yeah, I love that. Uh, but anyways, so what is the self-care tip of the week, Taylor? Yes. Or of the two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of the two weeks. Um <laughs> take some time to evaluate how you feel when you are triggered. So mm how you feel as in like literally notice what is going on in your body when you feel triggered um and so when you're upset is it your heart's beating is your throat feel tight do you feel like your vision gets a little sharper um i think a lot of these things happen to us very often And we don't even really cue into times when we are getting triggered. And thus, we don't really know how to treat ourselves during those times because we ignore the cues that our bodies are giving us. So it's really about being centered and associating (laughs) because we talk about dissociation all the time. Dissociation is quite literally removing yourself from the current reality which is the body the cues the the signals that your temple your vessel whatever you want to call it 
is trying to give you that things are not right. Something is physiologically not turning over. Something is not okay. Your body does not feel okay. You are triggered, like (laughs) quite literally triggered, like behind the gun or the pressure I put that in air quotes but the pressure of whatever that is triggering you um and sometimes when we don't know what our cues are it can cause us to be further triggered because we we go past the stop sign and continue on and allow things to be further exacerbated whatever it may be. And I think with me, when I know I'm triggered, is um usually like my heart kind of like starts beating and my throat gets tight, which I like kind of alluded to when I was saying <laughs> ways to know. Mm-hmm. Um and during those times, you know, I take a second to take deep breaths. I think it's like breathe in for five and out for seven, which helps to like calm the nervous system by slowing slowing your breath. And a lot of times I hold my breath. Like, I don't know if you guys noticed, but a lot of times when I'm talking, I don't know if everyone doesn't breathe when they talk. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a thing, but I could tell you I do not breathe when I talk or like talk publicly um and so like as you can see I have a lot of gasp in between so anyways (laughs) um that's something for public speaking as well that I have to keep in mind because when you are when I should I say in public speaking I get nervous um and so that can cause me to hold my breath speak faster and then you know uh, forget things because when you're under stress that's another sign to your body like you get into fight or flight mode fight flight freeze is something that they say and um depending on the individual they can flight or freeze and so when you're under like continuous stress you're more likely to shut down when it's over time you start kicking in more of that freeze element um, because your body wants to preserve itself and so in times like now where you're kind of stressed and feeling exhausted a lot of times exhaustion is a um symptom of stress (laughs) and um that was actually one of the things within when I typed in exhaustion um I think it was uh what's the one that they tell you not to use um when you're like diagnosed oh um web md yes what web md says like uh (laughs) that's so bad like I don't know like what is the one y'all lay people use anyways (laughs) um, (laughs) WebMD was saying that exhaustion um is often um associated or like a synonym is fatigue and fatigue is usually caused by like lack of sleep poor diet um sleep apnea after a meal there was a lot of different reasons that can cause fatigue um and and that poor sleep element is also a part of having heightened nervous system um involvement um I woke up like had a terrible dream last night anyways and so when I think about, okay, so why did I have that? Well, because I have an assignment that I need to do that I've taken me longer than I wanted to. Like, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. those type of situations where you realize that you're under stress and then you feel so tired because you didn't get good sleep and also the stress itself makes you feel tired. So the long story is, I already said it, the short story <laughs> is take stock of how you feel like be embody your emotions let the let the feelings that you feel exist 
and notice them. Don't act on them. Notice them. And then understand what you can do in those moments. Is it time for you to fight? Like, do you need to stick up for yourself in that moment and say what you need to say? Um, Because not every time do you need to fly away (laughs) Uh, in the sense of you don't need to uh, you know, back down from every challenge. I think we live in a very passive, aggressive society, um, or we favor passive aggression. Um, in a professional space, like passive aggressive is like the highest standard of getting your point across, <laughs> which is crazy to me. Um, but you know, it. Long story short, ass- mm-hmm. assertion is is the main goal. Um, to be able to have your needs explained to someone. Um, so maybe not fight, but assert. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. anyways. Um, yeah. And I don't, I'm not even saying just in like a verbal conversation either, like in the sense of like a disagreement, but also in general, when you're in settings where you see yourself like getting worked up, what are, what is the power that you actually have in the situation? Um, and, and what is the most appropriate thing for you to do? So somebody cuts you off driving it's not appropriate for you to like slam on your brakes or to cuss them out. Um, but maybe you just, you know, yell in your head or, <laughs> or do what you need to do. So stock, figure out your, your coping mechanisms that are healthy. Um, and yeah, that's, that's your self-care tip of the week. Notice your emotions when you're feeling triggered. So Amber, <laughs> What is our tip of the week? Um, so the tip of the week, I we already kind of talked about it when we when it came to like the the topic of of the podcast. And so one of the things that I would like you guys to do this week is ref or these two weeks is reflect on your relationships and figure out uh, which ones are valuable to you. Not saying you have to get rid of any uh any of them immediately, but um make sure that you are allocating your time to those that are valuable, invaluable, and are important to you. Um, But then also, if you are finding a hole in some of, like, maybe some things that, a place where you would like to go in the future, like, or you would like to position yourself, it can be even work, community, um, dating, whatever, figure out, like, what you need to do in order for you to be invaluable and that you are I guess adding value to your friendships and your loved ones and your network and your dating experiences because Mm -hmm. for me I feel like it boils down to I mean I don't know if you guys have noticed this from listening to this podcast over the last couple of years but there's a strong urgency of time for me and I don't think that I'm going to be going anywhere anytime soon but I just feel like there's an urgency of like wasting time. And so, mm-hmm. um, and there's nothing like you can waste time on resting, like Taylor was saying, or acknowledging your body and coping and stuff like that. But when it comes to like dating, don't waste your time if it's someone that's not like valuable to you or you don't find value in that person. When it comes to like friendships, like cut off the toxic relationships that are not mm-hmm. valuable to you. Um, or you're not adding value. If you're the toxic friend, maybe you need to do some revaluation and figure out how you can add value to yourself and to your friendships, uh, what inner work you need to do. Mm-hmm. And then like work, like if you are finding yourself stuck, reflect on, okay, why and how did I get here? How can I get out of here? Who do I need to add to my network? What projects do I need to raise my hand up for? etc how can I value add value instead of being like a doer but being like a leader a contributor someone that like digs more deeper into their work in the company and stuff than just like handing in a piece of paper and saying I'm done and you're not adding any value just completing a task so I would just you can either do this on a piece of paper you can journal it you can have conversations with 
those that are close um, or colleagues that you feel comfortable that would give you real value, um, valuable feedback, because sometimes people get so anxious, especially in the workplace, they don't want any drama. And so Mm -hmm. they feel hesitant on providing you good feedback, but there's 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 a value in really being direct with someone, being tactful, professional, but then really adding, you know, some feedback to them and your friendships, depending on how much level you're able to communicate, you feel comfortable communicating with them. I'm pretty direct with those that I care about and that are around me on the most part. I don't really uh, BS, but sometimes that can be... Uh, Sometimes I need to find that tactfulness. So if someone does ask me for their true opinion, I will cater it towards whoever I'm talking to. But you might have people that you ask and they just come full throttle. So ultimately, um, and then dating, be upfront on what you want, what you need. And if that person's like, whoa, whoa, whoa then move on same thing with if you're in a relationship too it's okay for your needs to change speak about it ask for help delegate um your love language changes communicate that etc so anyways that's what i have for you guys so some reflection i guess it's kind of like dipping into taylor's little area but um just sit down reflect on your relationships and your task and the people you're dealing with, your environment in general, and figure out where you can add value and figure out what are what, what is happening where you feel like you are being drained and mm. that you can like cut those dead stems off. So find the drain. Yeah. <laughs> find the leak in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So Taylor, where can you find us? You can find us on Instagram at theinnercircle.podgals. You can also send us an email to theinnercircle.podgals at gmail.com. Yes. And you guys don't forget to rate, rate subscribe, follow, uh, share our podcast with any of your friends, family. Also, you can, um, at, we love to hear from you guys. So continue to keep interacting with us. And that's it. So we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Have a good uh, Friday or Thursday. Jesus. Have a good Thursday. Have a good day whenever you hear this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good day. All right. Bye, guys. Take care.